I'm Dan Joseph. You're listening to the Dan Joseph's America podcast. Hey there. Welcome to Dan Joseph's America podcast. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, As you know, if you know me, I'm sort of an anomaly in terms of being a conservative. I do consider myself a conservative, but in a lot of ways, I'm very different from your mainstream conservative. First and foremost, I'm not a Trump guy, and you know this about me. I've never have been since he came on the scene in 2015. As most of you know, I left the Republican Party in 2016 after he was nominated. I still support mostly Republicans. I haven't really decided who I'm going to go with in the GOP primary yet. I might not support anyone. If I'm going to support someone, it's either going to be DeSantis or Nikki Haley. And I really like Chris Christie. If I thought he had a chance, I'd vote for him. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think anyone can catch Trump anyway, so I may just not waste my time. But in the general election, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't think I'm going to vote for either of the two major party candidates. The other thing that I get where people call my conservative credentials into question are are my views on religion. I am in no way religious at all. I have beliefs. I'm, I'm not an atheist. I believe there's a God or a creator of some sort, but I don't believe that whoever or whatever God is, that he's omnipotent or omnipresent. I I think there's something, obviously, that created the universe. I don't believe that something can come out of nothing. But I don't believe that God takes any interest in our day-to-day lives because too many bad things happen in the world for me to believe that. I I don't believe – I don't believe in the God of the Bible. I know that's going to bother some people if they hear that. I'm, I'm familiar with the Bible. And if the God described there is the actual creator of the universe, I think we have a problem because it's a God that clearly makes a lot of mistakes. It's a God that has killed a lot of innocent people. I'm not, I'm not, it's not a loving God. It's a vengeful, angry God. And I don't think if there was a supreme being that it would constantly kill his creation in plagues and floods and other atrocious forms of execution. I, I, I just don't think the stories are true. I don't believe that there was a Moses. I don't believe that there was a Noah. I don't believe in the divinity of Christ. That being said, though, I think the lessons taught in the Bible are mostly positive. I think that they can be helpful guides in terms of navigating society and structuring society. The part I have the issue with is the magical stuff, the supernatural stuff. This may surprise some of you to hear this. My views are almost identical to those of Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson was a deist, so he believed in a creator, but a creator that is not active in our lives. A creator that just created the universe and basically left. He had his own Bible. Um, he, he cut out the supernatural stuff, and he left in the life lessons about how to be good to one another, which I think is a good thing to do. It's available online if you'd like to check it out, but I, I – I simply can't bring myself to believe that 2,000 years ago, before there was any media or even firsthand accounts to prove that it happened, that someone died, came back from the dead, and that unless you believe in him, you go to hell. I believe that Jesus existed. There's a great book. It's called Zealot, and it's about, you know, there were all these different prophets uh, in, in that time, in that area, 
2,000 years ago, and Jesus is most likely to be the, the one that caught on. And he taught a lot of stuff. He became very, very popular, and then he died. But again, I, I, I stress the point that this was before there was any media, any firsthand accounts. We basically just know the basics. We basically know the skeleton of the story, and we've been filling it in ever since, filling in the blanks. Did someone die and come back from the dead, though? And unless you believe in him, you go to hell? I, well, I don't believe in hell. I don't think hell and the idea of hell makes any sense. If God gave us free will and gave us the ability to make decisions for ourselves, and if he made us imperfect and gave us the ability to make bad decisions, the idea that he is going to punish you in horrible ways for eternity if you simply can't bring yourself to believe in magic, in, and specifically in the magic that happens in the Bible, that's another sign of an irrational and unloving God. So I'm just saying, and you can agree, you can agree or disagree with me. The whole thing doesn't make sense to me. Now, the conservative movement is largely made up of believing Christians. And if you're not one of them, you are in a very distinct minority in the conservative movement and the Republican Party. The religious people, the evangelicals, were brought into the party by Reagan, who I love. I, you know, I'm a big Ronald Reagan fan. Uh, Reagan took a staunch anti-abortion stance. That's how he appealed to many of these evangelicals. He built a coalition that combined religious folks with economically focused conservatives like myself and the anti-communists and the strong defense hawks. And this led, this coalition led to multiple GOP landslide elections in the 80s and 90s. So the evangelicals are important to the Republican coalition. But it's turned into something else. And I've been watching a lot of videos on YouTube recently. And some of the videos I've been watching are about this phenomenon of Christian nationalism. And that term is thrown around a lot. The left likes to call it white Christian nationalism. But really the white part is just something that the left has thrown in there to make it racial, which they also do with everything. So it's hard to take seriously. There are plenty of people of color who can be described as Christian nationalists. It's true. Race is not a defining characteristic of the Christian nationalist movement. What it is, is a group of evangelical Christians who believe that politics and Christianity should go hand in hand. They believe we are at war with secular forces who want to turn America into a godless communist country. They believe that God has ordained a special place for America. They believe that we are on the cusp of destruction and that unless we do something about it, something drastic, certain things that are in the political realm, that we're going to lose the country entirely to the point where we may need to take up arms against the government. A lot of Christian nationalists believe that and a lot of them are associated with militias. Not all, but some. What's the most interesting about the Christian nationalists is that they're willing to totally throw away what are traditionally seen as Christian values in order to achieve the political goals. They, they see it as a means to an end. That's why they've embraced Trump the way they have. They think that they are fighting a far bigger, more existential battle 
And they have decided that they are willing to accept a temporary break with their immediate values and the values of kindness and generosity and acceptance that Jesus preached in order to stop things like abortion, which they successfully did in, in the way they wanted to with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. In order to defeat the left, they're willing to push those things to the side. And many of them see Trump as a vessel to do these things. And increasingly, the association with Trump and his conspiracies are, are defining the movement. I will tell you this. Christian nationalists are still very upset about the 2020 election. They think it was stolen. They think that Biden is illegitimate. I mean, it's better for Biden than it was for Obama because they the evangelicals believe Obama might have been the Antichrist. But that there's this widespread belief among a lot of Republicans, but specifically the nationalists. And they are largely boilerplate populist Republicans when it comes to their policy ideas. But they also believe that this is a Christian nation that needs to be restored. So they believe in, in things like mandatory school prayer. They want in God we trust hung up in the schools. They don't like the idea that church and state are separated. They believe that the Establishment Clause applies to the idea that the government is not permitted to interfere with the church. But they do believe that the church and Christianity have a role to play in the government. They're, they're very quick to point out. Nowhere in the Constitution is the separation of church and state mentioned. And that's true. That's, that's true, technically. Although Jefferson, who was a dominant voice at the time, believed that it was exactly what the Constitution meant, that there should be a wall between church and state. Jefferson and Madison and Franklin, the guys who were most instrumental in writing the founding documents, all believe that. They believe that the state, a state support for a particular religion or any religion was improper. Now, that's not to say that the United States was not formed on Judeo-Christian principles. It was. That doesn't mean, though, that it was founded on the idea that Christ was divine, but many of the founding principles echo the lessons that are contained in the Bible in a secular way. And it's also important to note that some of those principles precede Christianity and Judaism. They were around before. The, the Code of Hammurabi, right? So you can say, yes, we were founded on some Christian ideals, but we were not founded on the idea that Jesus was God or God's son. And it's why I have a problem with hanging up in God we trust in schools like they did in Florida. Because that is the government establishing a religious belief. It's a, it, it is a religious belief. It's a belief in a deity. Not everybody believes in a deity. And it's also a, 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 a belief in a deity that you can trust right, and count on. But there are a growing number of atheists and agnostics that don't believe that. And more so than ever, younger people are just abandoning the church. They are abandoning the belief in supernatural religion altogether. Americans under 30 are the least religious group in American history. They are sometimes referred to as the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, because they are not only less inclined to believe in magic and the, and the stories of the Bible, but increasingly they are at odds with the tenets of religion and the church itself. They have seen things in their lifetime like the church leading the way on the questions of abortion and being opposed to gay marriage and 
and a lot of gays in general. They saw the pedophile priest thing. And in their eyes, the church and all deeply religious people to adhere to, who adhere to these rules and laws have lost their moral authority. And it's the same thing with Trump. Generation Z and millennials view, view Christian Trump supporters as hypocrites. They do. In their eyes, the fact that they support a guy whose behavior is antithetical to the way the Bible teaches you to act wipes out any credibility that these religious groups and evangelicals once had. And look, as a non-religious person myself, I agree with a lot of that. The idea that you can endorse behavior like Trump's and still be godly and still try to live your life in the way that Jesus did makes no sense to me. I, I don't think Trump believes in any religion or in Jesus or the Bible. I think Trump's view of Christianity is basically the same as mine. But he's using the evangelicals and the Christian nationalists to give him power and providing what I view as obvious lip service to them. But as long as the nationalists and the evangelicals get what they want in the long term, it doesn't matter to them. Now, the reason that all of this is problematic for conservatives is that when those in the Christian nationalist movement couch things like the 2020 election as stolen or they end up engaging in things like January 6th, which was led by a lot of people who were holding up Jesus signs, a lot of those people who attacked the Capitol were Christian nationalists. And when you have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and even Speaker Johnson to a certain extent, when they start incorporating their religious views into politics, it looks really bad to independents and to moderates who don't subscribe to the idea that God wants America to do certain things or be a certain way. And it's, it's hard for me at times to figure out whether Christian nationalists are more interested in Christianity or more interested in the political part, right? Are they more interested in spreading and living the word of God, or are they more interested in beating the Democrats? Or do they believe that you can't do one without the other? Uh, it's, a, it's a strong movement. It's a serious movement. The word of this movement is spread on talk radio, particularly in rural areas. There's a whole area in, in Idaho known as the American Redoubt, where Christian nationals migrated there, and they have formed this community that is dominated by religious conservatives. I know you probably haven't heard about this. There hasn't been a lot of reporting. They've basically run out of town anyone that doesn't subscribe to religious nationalism and Trumpism. That's the vision they have for the entire nation. Now, I don't want anyone to think that I'm telling you all this out of disrespect for Christians. I'll tell you my story a little bit. I used to be one of those angry anti-religious guys on the internet who mocked the devoutly religious. I've pretty much grown out of that. And I, you can believe whatever you want. It has no impact on me. But when it starts to have an impact on everyone or when it starts to run up against the Constitution, you have to draw the line. One more thing I do want to mention are the social issues. I will say this. Abortion has been defined by many as a religious issue, and I don't think it's necessarily a religious issue. You don't have to be religious to believe that abortion is the snuffing out of a human life. Now, most of the people who believe that are religious, but I can see how you can be secular and pro-life. 
with the gay stuff, I do think that's largely religiously based. When we had the gay marriage debate in this country, the only defense that the anti-gay marriage people had was, well, God doesn't want it. It goes against God's will. And yeah, you heard some people say, well, it'll lead to the downfall of society if we let gays get married. But Americans weren't really buying that. And that was the end of the debate. But the gay marriage debate had huge implications for the church. For Christianity in the U.S. and for the conservative movement. And if the GOP and conservatives want to try and show the younger generation that they are open-minded and not being guided by a belief system that is viewed as being antiquated and not having a lot of hard evidence to back it up, they need to fix things. Because that's, that's another thing. 30 years ago, we couldn't go online and research all of these religious questions for ourselves. We, we could either take the Bible literally or not. But now, if people, specifically young people, have questions about religion, they turn to the internet and are exposed to all sorts of ideas that contradict the dominant narrative that was in place for thousands of years. And, I, and look, I encourage everyone to do that and make up their own minds on this stuff. Will it ultimately lead to the end of religion in the United States as the generations pass? Maybe. A lot of that depends on whether the religious segment of society can defend their views and practices and values or alter them accordingly. But I believe that Christian nationalism is something to keep an eye on, and I don't think it's healthy for the nation. I'm Dan Joseph. Thanks for listening to the Dan Joseph's America podcast. I will have a new video for you early next week at Dan Joseph 78 on YouTube. I hope you check it out. I think it's going to be a good one. And I'll see you on the podcast on Monday.